500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Phil Penny Mitsubishi during May Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win 5000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit PhilPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on approved credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details. Shut up and sit down. I get this question. Did you think of that by yourself? Where did you get that idea? Is that an OC or a character from a different fandom? I know you don't mean to be insulting when you ask these questions. I know. I know you don't. But it's insulting as fuck for you to assume that I'm incapable of thinking up a character. That I'm incapable of developing a concept by myself. I think fan fiction writers encounter this a lot. Sometimes you'll see um, stories in fandom that are remarkably similar. That were written independently of each other. Because they were sparked by the same idea in a show or the same scene. Or sometimes they're... Um, from the same challenge that somebody issued on a on an archive or, or whatever, uh, and <clears throat> inevitably one of the two is going to be accused of stealing the idea or stealing the character. I'm on to you, Jilly. If you listened last night, you know that Jilly was accused of stealing one of my OCs during Rough Trade, the event that I host. Don't you think I would have noticed that shit? Really? If I had a problem with it, don't you think I would have pointed it out? Of course, it wasn't actually my character. She was just using um, the first name of a character of mine, which is actually probably perhaps a very common French name. I don't know. I looked it up in a generator myself. I don't know how she came to it. Um, So it's amazing, really. It's amazing um, that how this kind of, circles around in fandom and and how um, ideas move and change and shift and grow. And sometimes two different people in two different locations will have the same basic idea, and but they explore it in a very different way. And the automatic assumption is when someone comes across it is to assume that one of them stole it or took it or is using it for their own. I'm going to go on record right now. If you ever encounter somebody using my characters or you see them using an idea that you think belongs to me don't don't comment on it to them just just don't don't come to me this is especially important if the person is a professional writer um if you ever encounter a professional writer that you think may have plagiarized me 
come tell me because you might have discovered something I don't want you to know. And I definitely don't want you putting it out to the entire fandom that you think so-and-so is plagiarizing me because that would be bad. That would be so bad. Don't do that. <sighs> Lady Holder, you're on the air. Sad your timing is horrible. I just put a mouthful of popcorn in. Thanks. <laughs> That's me. That's me. <clears throat> Have you ever gotten that question? Do you think of it yourself? Did Did you think of that by yourself? Um, let's put it this way. My family's reaction to me writing was, why are you wasting your time writing fanfic when you can write professionally? And don't you feel weird using somebody else's character? And it's like, no. Like, thanks, family. You're, you're fucking a lot of help. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh. Um, my family wasn't... Uh, they supported it insofar as, hey, I had an outlet, but I did get a lot of, why are you doing that? Why aren't you making your own characters? You know, um, and it got very, it got very repetitive. You know, um, but for the most part, I didn't have, I didn't have much of that. You know, um, so yeah, frustrating. When I was writing that original story for Rough Trade, I had someone mm-hmm. email me privately and say that it read like a McKay Shepard AU. Mm-hmm. And then I should have just made it a McKay Shepard AU and, and got it over with. No, they were actually pretty well, hostile about it, that that it wasn't um, labeled fan fiction and they thought that it should be. Aren't they just all bitchy and shit? But the thing is, is neither one of my characters, it, it was not John and Rodney. I'm perfectly capable of creating a character that's not Rodney McKay. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> anyways. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that that happened. That that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, um, I don't have any, um, I don't have any place to hide as far as what my my professional stuff and my fan fiction because I announced it. You know, I'm I'm pretty much open season on what's going on with my stuff. So I know that eventually there's going to be shades of hey this this is you know kind of similar just because I write all this stuff and and it's mm-hmm. um, you know you you get a flavor to your writing. Um, and it's not gonna. It, it, it's not something that you can fix. It's how you write and and how you do things. So um, yeah. <laughs> and Senna is all sorts of you know ready to go to bat for you about the werewolf fix because you know yeah <laughs> I happen to adore that one too. You know. Um, I actually got them naked. I've gotten some. I, I have progressed so far that they are naked on a bed. I'm so happy for you. That's a, that's so much more progress than you had before. It is. It's huge progress. You guys don't understand. It is huge progress on that story. They are naked in a bed. Mm-hmm. Yay! Naked. Some butt sex is imminent. Anyway. Hallelujah. 
it, the question is, is his brother still getting nasty texts? Of course he expect. is. Mm-hmm. Until their big gay wedding. Uh-huh. There will be terrible texts every day. But, no, you know, it's – um, I – when when you're kind of, also, I had some really irritating shit happen to me today. Uh, oh no! But you know what? I think it's is just it because I'm bitchy because I was sick. No, um, I was oh, just okay. I'm just bitchy, I guess, because I'm sick. Um, but someone messaged me on Live Journal and suggested that if I didn't that since, that since I couldn't make any more friends on Live Journal because you know they cut me off, right? Even though I was paying for my account. Now, free yeah. accounts get 1,000 friends, and accounts that are not free, the ones you pay for, only get 2,000 friends. Huh. I don't even, I haven't even looked yeah. at how many friends are in my live journal, mainly because I don't so, think I have 2,000 um, friends on live journal. And that's why I moved, I know it's ridiculous, that's why I moved my mm-hmm. excerpts, my EAD, to Facebook. Mm-hmm. But someone um, helpfully pointed out to me, now, how long have I been in fandom? Since what? Well, 2006? I think so. I have I have files from 2009. Okay, so I have been in fandom at least for five years, right? I said th- I think my my live journal covers most of that. Uh, this is my five year anniversary of Evil Author Day, right? Uh-huh. I think so. Maybe. Anyway, um, there's quite a lot of stuff on my live journal to indicate that I have actually been in fandom for quite a while. So this person suggested, since I couldn't make any more friends on live journal, that I should join fanfiction.net. Ew. I'm sorry for those people or like the Or archive of our own. I actually already have memberships to both of those. I don't post my fic on them. And I don't post my fic on fanfiction.net because I got thrown off because I was dirty. No, I I take that back. I preemptively threw myself off because I'm dirty. I knew because mm-hmm. it, it, um, it was during an adult content purge. I knew I was going to get thrown off. So I, I took my yeah. shit elsewhere. <clears throat> yeah. I don't post on archives. But I like to control everything. I'm a control freak. I admit this, okay? It's fine. But um, mm-hmm. she is. it's kind of um, insulting to, for somebody to assume that I don't actually know <laughs> that just these two things exist. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have my own website. If I wanted to, I could post my excerpts there. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. It's you know, I think I think my earliest files from you are from 2009, mm. and I have to go hunt. For Either them. way, it's been a while. Yeah. Mhm. So yeah, you, you're you're there. Um, hey, twisted. Just as an FYI. <laughs> yes, please. If you're in the chat the chat room, I have very poor vision, and um. Me and computers and glasses don't always get along, so please put your font up to as high as possible. I appreciate that. Click on a little T beside all users. You know, I think this is one of those um, semi-written rules. Fonts have to be large. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Because, you know, I think. can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, uh, but, um, yeah, so it's a you, and then, um, (laughs) Cesarius must have had a hard time getting into the chat room. Uh huh. But you know, and then also in my email today, um, I got um, some plot suggestions. Really? Well, you know, the person sent me this email and told me they had read um, um, that old Black Magic, and um, they were uh, mm-hmm. they had concerned since I hadn't posted um, the sequel in so long that they, you know, they had some ideas they would share with me. And um, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I copied and pasted that email out of um, Google just so I could see how long it was. And it was 8,000 words. They sent me 8,000 words of plot advice. 8,726 words, to be exact, of plot advice. You know, I don't I, want I, I, your plot advice. I don't. Now, here's the problem, and some of you may know this about me. When someone gives me a suggestion and it's scarily close to what I plan to do, I immediately decide I'm never going to do it. This person managed to hit six major plot points in those magic changes and magic will never die. The, the two sequels for War Mages. So now I'm gonna have to go replot all of them because I'm fucking obsessive compulsive and I can't help myself. So that's irritating as fuck. Hey, wait a second though. Wait a second. I get to have fun then. No. Okay. Damn it. Ah. Uh, it's really fucking <laughs> annoying. It's really fucking annoying. Yes, it is fucking annoying. But, you know, I, I don't mind sitting there and, and plotting with you. <laughs> Gives me something to do, at least. If only it was a woman. It was a man. And that, you know what, I'm going to say this. And if there are men listening to this, oh. I don't mean anything. I don't mean to insult you personally. But I want you to know that when I encounter men in fandom... They are always so arrogant, and they assume that they're right. And you know what? This actually sounds like me. I'm a man who knew. No, he was, um, and I, when I wrote back and told him I wasn't interested in his fucking plot advice, and I said it just like that, thank you, um, he wrote back and told me I was ungrateful, that he wasted his time on me. Okay. Which I responded that I didn't ask him to fucking waste his time on me, and I wasn't interested in his goddamn advice, and I thought he was a fucking moron. And now, of course, I can't use any of the things that he mentioned, because he's a fucking moron. Yeah, what was that idea? Yeah. People. But any time I've had really serious issues with other fans and fandom, it's been men. Let's not forget Brad. Can we forget Brad? Can we please forget Brad? And I was ungrateful to him, too. I was ungrateful to him for not following his, um, for not taking his suggestion on um, what a 16-year-old girl would be like 
Because he would know. Okay. Ugh, gag. I may just reread one, maybe see if I can. By the way, just so you guys know, I don't have any clue about what's happening next in a lot of things. I can take guesses. My guesses may be quite accurate, but until she hands me something, I've learned to keep my trap shut. Okay? (laughs) Because it's not worth the... It's not worth listening to her rip her hair out long distance. (laughs) This is not. Oh, my God. Why'd you ask me that? That's not true, though, because she bunnied me last night. I did. But then again, I I was looking at something outside of where you were in it, because you're in the story. I'm outside the story. So... For me, looking at it, I, I made a connection. I offered the the, uh, the option. You shot me down before, okay? Um, yeah. And and so you know, it's a hey, this is a this is something I see. Have that and play with it if you want, you know. Um, <clears throat> but it's a good. And option. let's not even get into the discussion of book five. Oh God, don't do that. My brain just immediately went there and started the plot. <laughs> We have been plotting the book five of Lantean Legacy for three years. And it's yeah, bad. It's it's terrible. Two, it's three and four are done. Son of a bitch. I know. Well, actually, three and four are done. They just have to be rewritten. Um, and book two is a problem. Yes, book two is a problem. I'm not even sure if book two exists. I'm thinking well, that book two doesn't skip, exist. Well, let's skip to book Anyways. two and go straight to book three. I think so. I don't think. I think book two is a mistake. I think book two doesn't exist. We're just gonna pretend book two didn't happen. Boom. Gone. Yes. We we can mine it for for, or flashbacks or or behind the scenes details. (coughs) Here's the thing about asking your writer questions like. Did you come up with that on your own? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Have you ever considered this? It's terribly rude it's a it, your assumptions are um inappropriate i don't want to know how rowan got figured out how to use professional grade meat grinders i That's do send me an email send me an email I'm totally not kidding. Send me an email. I want to know how you don't do that. <laughs> oh man. Um. The the whole thing. Book two. It's completely Daniel's fault that it's getting skipped. Just lay it on the archaeology. No, you know, here's the thing that book two didn't exist to begin with. Book two didn't begin to exist in any way. And then I started book, and I started what I thought was going to be my book two, and I skipped ahead a year, and Chris and Lady Holder both went, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, what what, what happened? How'd they get here? How'd this happen? What's that? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And they didn't believe me. Okay, fine. So, 
book two is now background that may or may not get referenced, and we're moving on. And we're walking, and we're walking. And we're walking. <laughs> <laughs> if it works, it works. Huh. I was hoping it would be something more interesting. Rowan apparently grew up with farmer families who ground their own meat. No big secret there. I was hoping it would be more interesting. That's not, that's not nearly as entertaining as I wanted it to be. Just let you know. Why can't you send me an email yeah. why? Come on. You're an author. You can make up something interesting. Anyways. So, um... I just wanted to get on the radio and bitch. I don't have anything really to talk about. I'm just bitchy because I got this email. And then um, I got this other email asking whether or not I was going to do a – and here's the thing, and this is terrible, and I'm going to say it anyway. Um, this man emailed me and asked me if I was ever thinking about writing a Harry Draco Bill story. And I thought to myself, you know, you asshole, I'm not going to – Write wank material for you? No. I write wank wank material for for me. Uh huh. Well, would would this be the bill that that everybody has? Well, no. Wait a second. Is that Bill or is that Charlie? No, that's Charlie. Okay, sorry. No, Bill. Bill is older than Charlie. It's um. Well, yes. It's Bill, Charlie. Percy, Fred and George, Ron and Jenny. Ron, yeah. Yeah, no, we've got um, I could write Harry and Bill. I could. I, I totally could. Um, as long as Harry was a grown-ass man, I had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Bill wasn't married, obviously, because I don't write adultery fic as a rule. Um, although mm-hmm. I have that one exception. I'm not sure that actually counts. I don't know. Do I know this one? Well, the one where Hermione um, castrated Ron. Oh, yes. Well, I don't think that really counts as adultery. More like, you know, getting her own back. <laughs> yeah. But you your little dog was going I, in and out last night? If I, I wrote a threesome... Yeah. It would not be um, three men. It would be two men and a woman. Because I think three men could be too many dicks in a scene. Well, it's hard enough keeping track of two. I mean, yeah. It's hard enough to keep track of two dicks and two he's. And imagine three he's in the same scene. Mm hmm. Breaking up. You're breaking up. Did you walk off? Oh, I don't know why. No, I have my phone in my hand. I smart. Mm. I learned. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Well then, that's a pretty picture. Julia says I've been writing mail, 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 threesome, sixteen for a year. It's complicated. That's right. There are three dicks. There are three he's. There are three hims. It's. And how many times can you use three people's names in a sentence? Oh, it gets really, 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 really frustrating. You start having to use descriptors. And then if you have two brunettes and a blonde, you're you're so, so screwed. You're <laughs> fucked two blondes up. And a brunette. You're fucked. You are fucked. Yes. You better hope one's a ginger. And really, is it 
hot to call somebody a curse breaker in the middle of a sex scene? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> it really isn't. It's not hot, I promise. But no, if I wrote a threesome, it would be... Um, What were you saying? Well, I I was going to say, you know, use that curse-breaking thing to, you know, you've got a spell to vibrate something. <laughs> Is that really a yeah. curse? I don't think I don't that's know. a curse. I think that's more of a charm, if you ask me. <laughs> it's very charming. <laughs> um, I already have my two, I have my two threesomes that I want you to put in. You know, and it's it's John it's John Rodney Miko, and then there's there's Harry Hermione and Draco. Those are the two threesomes that I've I've been requesting for some team. That's what I would write. I I I really could not write three men because just all that dick boggles my mind. Mhm. Well, we're, <laughs> there is a charm for that. There absolutely yes. is a charm for that, Julie. It would totally not surprise me that there is a charm for that. But um, intruding on an author with your wants and desires is um, it's inappropriate behavior. Um, if there's any fandom etiquette to be had, um, don't offer an author. I thought you got your chair fixed. That's the cat. Oh, her cat and her chair sound alike. How'd I know? Trust me, I got the chair fixed. I got a brand new chair. You know, I I went out and with my 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 really awesome, wonderful you know um, author money, I went out and I bought myself a new office chair. It's really freaking cool. So I'm happy. So Azura says, what, what, what about your hair is the filling of a ginger twin sandwich? That happened off um, off camera, so to speak. So that's not actually on scene. It, it's something that Harry refers to, um, mostly to upset their mother, the twins' mm. mother, Molly. Yeah. So it doesn't mm-hmm. actually well. happen on scene. Because the mechanics of it is um, annoying. It's really, really frustrating. Yeah. Having, really? having written threesome sex. Because really, honestly. Sex with, therefore, uh, there's just too many dicks. Two dicks is plenty. Yeah. At well, the same two, time. I did, I did, yeah, I did two dicks and a pussy, and that was a hard time keeping track of everything. <laughs> I know, right? Somebody had four yeah, arms in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I had a orangutan on. You were very blunt in, in, you know, where where is this guy located? Well, he's down here. Well, his hand is up here. No, orangutan that's on. not going to happen. That can't yes, happen. I just connected the arm. Free floating arms didn't quite work. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think Chat it's a good idea. <laughs> I just don't think it's a good idea. Um, it's just, you know, the thing is, is um, I actually consider the sex I write, um, I 
think that of all the things that I do as a writer, that I write sex very well. Mhm. And I don't want to write sex um sex very badly, so I'm not going to um go there. That's not going to happen. Definitely written sex is boring. All right. And yes, I I know, you know. Uh, I've read boring sex. It's really bad when when you you're boring sex. It's just yeah. I when someone tells me that they um, skip the sex scenes in my work, I'm like, what? Really? You what? You what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you skip the sex scenes? The, the thing <laughs> is, is... Do you skip the dialogue, I, too? What do you read? Yeah, I know. There, <laughs> there's too much... There's too much... Um, you actually have... I mean, there there are some sex scenes where they're just there for the fun of it. Okay? And then there's stuff where it moves on... Um, it moves the story on. And so that that makes a lot of difference, yeah. And so I'm, I'm hmm. huh? Chat room is being weird tonight. <clears throat> I don't want to know. I really don't. Send <laughs> um, check your email. Did, did you happen to email it to somebody? Email it to yourself. There's a thought. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, yeah, that's actually have... something to think about, you guys. I highly recommend Google Drive. Um, oh, yeah. If you have a Gmail account, you get that for free. It's like, well, it's it's free anyway. Gmail comes with a Google account, and you can have a Google Drive, and you can set it up on your um, computer and on your tablet and on your phone if you've got a smartphone, and it's awesome. And it's 15 gigs, and you can get one for each and every Gmail account that you have. Since I have four of the things, that means I have 60 gigs floating. And you can connect your Gmail accounts together by sharing. Mm -hmm. Because I share with Lady Holder a folder, and we can share documents Mm -hmm. back and forth. And 15 gigs is a lot of space. It's a lot of space for a writer. So I highly recommend Mm -hmm. Google Drive for that. Um, especially considering you can build a folder on your desktop with it. Um, so it's really easy to get to. You don't have to download stuff to look at it. It's just right there. And it syncs to the online drive. So even if your hard drive on your computer fails, it's still online. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Google Drive. It's free, and 15 gig is a lot of space for a writer. I've got all of my writing on Google Drive right now. It's amazing. Definitely makes it. I think we we both learned. Um, I think we both learned the the whole 
backup thing, backup, 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 and you learned it with Sentinel. Yeah, I did. And I learned I learned it from you because of Sentinel. I lost the entire first season of Sentinel of Atlantis and had to rewrite it. So what you guys Honestly, actually got was very different than what we ended up with with what I had originally. I don't think I saw much beyond the first one. No, no. Um, the first season that I wrote for Sentinels of Atlantis was darker. It took place entirely on Atlantis. There was nothing of Earth. Um, so, yeah. I don't The I like the back and the forth better. I like the the interweaving. It makes it much um, much more interesting. Well, it's a bigger it's 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 a bigger idea. It's a bigger a, universe. A bigger universe. Yeah, definitely. And um, when you're um, the thing is, is I wasn't thinking um, when I first plotted it. I wasn't thinking about the scope of um, television series. And I happened to watch um, Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. I did want to pattern Sentinels of Atlantis like a TV show. And I was, I had done it more like SGA had done it than um, eventually happened. And so I watched Babylon 5, which is frankly the best science fiction television show to ever be on TV. Um, I, I highly that's recommend what? Excuse me, I thought that's what you said that Farscape was. No. Now, I love Farscape. I do. I love Farscape. But as far as the structure and creativity and um, the scope, nothing beats Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. I'm talking purely as a writer point of view, not as a um, as as an entertainment. Because in entertainment, mm-hmm. Farscape's got my heart. But when it comes to um, craft and structure, and character development, and plot, nothing beats Michael Straczynski and Babylon 5, because it is amazing. Um, There are events in the first season of Babylon 5 that you see play out in season 5. I mean, Mm -hmm. the scope of Babylon 5 is amazing. So when I went back to rewrite... um, Signals of Atlantis, I approached it more from that point of view than what I had originally done. So, so the scope of the Signals of Atlantis is bigger. It's bigger. It is. So really the first season is more like one big giant book. And it moves and flows and the characters, you know, it's like, yeah. Was that hmm. writing text with vampires in the title again? Is it? I don't know what you're talking about, Senna. To be perfectly yeah, honest. There. Well, we have space vampires, but I don't think it's the vampires you're talking about. Okay, space vampires with an absolute fetish for Marilyn Manson clothes. And catfish face. Yeah. What was the writing text with vampires in the title? It Is was it a writing text. over. 
I don't. I have no is idea. It, is it, is it a, a thing on right? That's not a recommendation of mine because I wouldn't have. No, I, that's you're confusing me with somebody else, Senna. Um, that's not something that I've. I've never read that book. Yeah, me either. <laughs> And, and any book that I recommend that you um, that you you read as far as writer craft goes, it's because I've read it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that yeah. doesn't look familiar to me at all. Yes, we have we have umpteen zillion minions. Oh, why do that to Chuck? The Sarah, that's just wrong. Chaya Chuck? Chaya No, I like Chuck. I like Chuck. I think he's the only Mountie in the group. Well, at least that's canon. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually a Mountie or not, but that would just be funny as hell. Harry Ragnarok. That's inappropriate. That is terribly oh. inappropriate. I tried to yeah. imagine a Harry Potter Hobbit crossover where Harry Potter got dropped in the Middle Earth, and I kept um, making him an elf in my head, so that didn't work out because that's not really what I wanted. Um, Lisa, she did the same thing, but she was okay with it. I, um, I read a st- I read a great story once where Harry went to a different dimension and turned himself into an elf to hide um, who he was, and um, it was amazing. It was a great story. It was a genfic, and um, I, um, oh, Lady Holder dumped me. Um, Lady Holder left me. She explains why I'm talking to myself over here. Uh, and um, <clears throat> Ooh, Claire, send me a link. Claire said she did a Hobbit crossover with Harry, where Harry stayed a wizard. So that'll be. Uh, I'll be interested in seeing that. Um, There you are. Yeah, you know sorry. I, feel I, moved, about. <laughs> I moved my phone. It rebooted. I'm sorry. At least I informed you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Just trying to make it so that way I yes. didn't have any funky out of Journey, shit. What? Journey to a New Start is the one I'm talking about um, where um, Harry goes to a different... Um, He goes to a new world and becomes an elf. Yeah, he um he yeah. goes to a new dimension and he tra- he turns himself into an elf and um it's it's interesting and um there are a few you know places I wish that he'd gone at a place where it didn't you know obviously um it's really interesting and um it's a it's a general fic there's no romance in it um and Harry is battle worn and he's tired and. He's um, using um, it to recover he, from life. And, 
And yeah, I mean, and and his last dimension was terrible. It was terrible. He lost everyone. Hermione went crazy. Um, and it was Ron's I idea. I remember reading that. I remember reading up doing that what one. he did. And it's actually a very good story. And it's um, called. A Journey to a New Start, and hold on, I will put it in uh, <clears throat> in the description of the show so people can get it afterwards. Hmm. But yeah, so it's like you know, there's this um. So you take an idea and you, you mm-hmm. twist it around and you make mm-hmm. it your own and you post it and you're really excited. And some asshole comes along and accuses you of stealing it. <laughs> oh, but you know what's really interesting? When I said I wanted to write um, a fic about um, hobbits growing in the ground, um, immediately, like, 18 different people sent me links to stories where that had already been done. And it made me think, what, yeah. you don't want me to do it myself? You don't, uh, Do you not want me to write my own? What? Well, no. Am I not allowed it's, to write my own? That, I mean, hell no. that's what it felt like. Honestly, for so me, I already it, said it I was... read all of the Cabbage Pack fix. I said that. Oh, the thing, well. I had read them all, and I had a plot bunny. And then immediately I got yeah. bombarded with links. Yeah. I I read I'm reading rereading some of the, the stuff and it's um it's a great deal of fun rereading it. You know? Um mm-hmm. I'm having I'm seeing some of the common threads, you know, that that happen with it, but it's um I don't know if it's a case of everybody did the same thing all at once or what. But you know, it's uh it's very interesting how everything works out. So Hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? Um, the for most of them, there's yours are I think the only ones where there's constant tending needed for the the vines. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're not left alone. They're not. You know they're 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 not left to do their thing predominantly on their own. There's a great deal of nursing and nurse mating on on the in the year that that it happens. Um, there's in a couple stories it's that they're planted, they're looked after, but they're not nurtured as hard. You know. Um, Sometimes it seems like they're left alone, you know, until the magic number of weeks has passed, and then we go up and we find, you know, 
everything has has um, our our fruit is to be born type thing. Yeah, and it doesn't. I, I read that those way. and. That's fine, and I and I, I read those, and I was like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that, that that works. But for me, the idea of um, parenthood comes with responsibility and work. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me that um, that there had to be work involved, there had to be nurturing, there had to be influence. Right. But that's just the way I approached it. I don't think any. I don't, I don't think any direction is necessarily wrong. I think that when you hit an idea that you want to explore, that you need to approach it from your direction and not anybody else's, and that is the heart of the creativity process. You know, when you're when you're creating something um, that you want to be um, yours, you have to kind of push yourself into it in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why I, I and by the way, thank you for letting me play in the universe for um, mm. for beads. Um, I think the reason why I, I went for that version of the Cabbage Patch Babies, if we're using that term. Um, is there is so much care being put in. There is, you have to put the investment in because if you don't invest in it, you don't get the end result. And that's, that to me is, is, is something important. I think so. I think so. And, that, and that's why I approached it the way that I did. Like there was, you know, there was work there. There was, um, Heart. There was um, that it literally is a nursery. It's it mm-hmm. not a um, that it's more and the, and the plants that are the thing is is I kind of envision the plants as more like an umbilical cord. So all those tulips mm-hmm. that she planted, they're connected literally to the children. So when she gets ready to pull them out of the ground, she's going to have to cut those roots. Yeah, mine's gonna mine's gonna have to be slightly different because of what I'm using as my umbilical cord. Okay. Yeah, but you will have um, to cut the baby free of the root. I mean, um, one way or another. Well, yeah, but it's also a case of making sure that the cutting doesn't harm the umbilical cord mm. because of what I'm True using. Enough. So, so in in this instance, it's definitely gonna have to be a case of mom and dad putting forth that effort. Okay. Right, because of so, who yeah, dad is um, and what mom is. True, true. Uh, I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is this? I was trying to kind of picture how that would happen and um, how, how how the babies would get oxygen and, and and how they would get nutrients and um, uh, it was just um, that's just what popped into my head. So I kind of just kind of see it like, you know, in the little belly button. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's just going to be adorable. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And um, there's going to be a little angst. There's going to be a little worry. There's going to be a, a scary mm-hmm. moment. Um, and um, I think that the moment coming up will make it clear why the hobbits don't leave their gardens alone. 
why they insist that the nurseries not be left unattended, because even with the fairing, terrible things can happen. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> and that's why they're fairings to begin with, because terrible things did happen. Like, you know, well, well you commented that the fell the fell winter did, did unimaginable damage in some ways. Well, that was in a different story. That was in um, that's in Spirit Born, um, not Bees on Her Feet. Okay. Um, but right. it it comes into play that if the fey ring is broken, then the nursery would be um, uh, at risk. Yeah. Yep. Are they outies or innies? <laughs> really? <laughs> How's that even determined? I mean, you know. Um. Honestly, I think little little kids with their little pot bellies have outies for a while, and then as they grow up and and most of them slim down, they get innies. I don't know. I had a little girl in school who was an outie. It was kind of creepy, actually. Um, okay. Well. But I... <clears throat> Oh, Rowan. Oh, that's disturbed. Oh, <laughs> damn it! But here, 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 um, here is a plot bunny for you guys. What if the Arkenstone? Ah. <sighs> Okay. Creator of the what if he is what if Why? or or Durin, what if the Arkenstone is actually a heart seed and it's Durin? You'd be yeah. Durin the seventh, right? I think <clears throat> so. Or what if it literally is the heart of the mountain, and by taking it out, they're they're killing the mountain. I don't want the Arkenstone to be a dragon. I, Twisted Rider, oh. I actually read one where Bilbo and uh, Thorin were having sex in the um, treasury, and the Arkenstone was used in a very inappropriate way. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Very, very inappropriate. What if the Arkenstone was the heart of Middle-earth? Well, I can understand why um, it would be sincerely peeved given the crap that's happening over in Milkwood. I mean, that's that's right next door. Yeah. But you can't take an idea like that. Like, what if... Oh, and you could ask you know, that question: What if the Arkenstone is the heart of Middle Earth? And eight of us could take that question and answer it, and not a single one of us would answer it the same way. No, but yet all eight of us would have a common theme running through our story. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that would. theme would be that the Arkenstone is the art, the heart of Middle Earth. Mhm. Maybe, maybe for for boot camp. In the summer, 
I'll um instant instead of giving you a fandom, um I'll ask you a question. There's a thought. And it would be like what if your character woke up and realized they would live forever? Or oh. what if your character was told they had six hours to live? Oh. Yeah. It could be a lie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the truth. What if your character walked in on their long-term lover with another person? What if your character was told they were going to save the world? It depends on what they were told, doesn't it? Because what if Harry had always known his destiny? Mm -hmm. Which is what, sort of how I approached him with Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. It's really interesting because um, I had a comment on my uh, Shield Maiden of Erebor story where they said they were really glad to see a story where somebody was embracing their fate and not whining about it. Mm-hmm. I got to admit that even in my Harry Potter stories, he's always a little bit of whining about his fate, a little mm-hmm. bitchy about it. Then again, you know, nobody bitchy. actually chooses this shit. A little bitchy. But, you know, to but Bella, she's all in. I mean, she was she was taught from the very beginning that she would have a destiny, and it was, you know what she was created to do and she's she's found her destiny and she's she's staring at it head on and she's like giving middle earth the finger. So <clears throat> if all characters have a fate of your character. Oh, so many questions. And you know, these it's are just an and interesting thing to questions. do. It's just it's just interesting to think yeah, about it are... and and what and what would happen. <laughs> oh, the Belgarad, yes. Yeah. Poor Garion. He just had no damn clue. What is your character was told? Today is the day you fall in love. Oh. Okay. It's just, you know, it's interesting to see, just to take these questions and these ideas, and my character will probably go back to bed. So that That's what Jilly said. Yeah, my character was like, you can go fuck yourself. That No, not happening, mm-hmm. not happening. <clears throat>
So yeah, it just depends. It just it just really depends on your character because if you told Tony Stark today, today is the day you fall in love with the person you'll spend the rest of your life with. Tony Stark's gonna build a bunker <laughs> and get in it and not talk to anybody for twenty four uh-huh. hours. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a definite case of fuck you sideways. Whereas yeah. someone like, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not bashing at this point, but someone like Jenny Weezy would be like, "Hell yeah, let's go! <laughs> I can't wait uh-huh. to meet them," because she desperately wants to be in love, you know. She so yeah, would this, probably this... Sit, she would probably sit there and just camp out and say, "Okay, okay. sure, yeah, mm-hmm." And some characters would be curious, and some would be mad, and some would be afraid. And it's just depending on who the character is and, and how they would react to that situation. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun to ask these questions and to say, okay, what would happen here and what would happen there? And, um, again, you know, back to uh, plagiarism, the funniest thing the funniest thing that ever happened to me in an email is you've seen how I labeled ties that bind, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It is obvious. I make it very clear that I built my world on Zance, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, after I published part three of Ties That Bind, someone sent me an email and asked me if I'd ever read Coming Home. Uh, <laughs> I wrote back and said, are you for fucking serious? <laughs> oh, son of a gun. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, Coming Home um, is um, part of Zant's BDSM world. It's actually the first one that I read. And then I read on Dr. Shepard and um, the general Dr. Shepard next. I, 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 I read them that way. But I read Coming Home First. And I'm like, are you for, for real? <laughs> and they were serious. They were serious. And I was like, you need to go back and read my author notes. Come on now. <clears throat> yeah. A few months ago, I got an apology letter. From a writer oh. who wrote to tell me that they had no idea um, that one of the characters they were using um, was actually an OC, and it was Matt. And um, they she said she'd never read, she'd never actually watched Stargate, and she had no idea that Matt Shepard didn't actually exist, and that she'd been using him in her story, and she was sorry. And I was like, don't be sorry, you can use him all you want to, just don't be mean to him. <laughs> That's all I ask, just don't be mean to him. I'm in agreement to the don't be mean to him, yeah. It's just, you know, um, with creativity, one um, one of the things that I found over the years as, I, as I'm reading stuff and I'm, um, you know, there, there's, a lot more writing under uh, you know under my hands now and and a lot more reading things um I get influenced okay uh ideas come wandering in and um you know I fall in love with certain concepts and I and you know I use them and it's it's 
you know, it's it's very interesting. Um, sometimes there's stuff that Kara puts up. Sometimes there there's stuff other people put up. Uh, you know, uh, one of the, one of the ones that I don't I don't think I started, but I do think I helped con- contribute was that whole switching around of instead of Rodney being the Sentinel, John is. You know, because you were the first one I ever read. Hmm. You were the first one I ever read where John was a sentinel. Okay. The, um, but it's I want to talk. I want to talk to this about what what Senna said in the chat room. Go ahead. Okay, sure. Go for it. Senna oh. says, um, "I was working on PR with Tiff, and she was talking to me, and I realized that Ragnar being the Goblin Chieftain was your idea. Actually, I don't know that that's true." I always make him the chieftain, but I'm not sure where I got it from. Just FYI, I have I have read a lot of Harry Potter fic, um, a lot of Harry Draco, a lot of Harry Hermione, um, and I cannot be certain that Ragnarok as the Goblin Chieftain was my idea. I don't know where I got it from. It might be true. It might not be true. I got no. I got. I got no. No idea. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, what I'm <laughs> so this is this she's gonna use it in my canon, but yeah, it's just yeah, I have no what... idea, and and that's the part mm-hmm. of canon that kind of incepts you. These these ideas become so prevalent that that you mm-hmm. don't really know where they came from. Yeah, going going back to the 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 Sentinel Phantom, I don't know who wrote that first. Blair is a wuss um, story. Or Blair was feminized. I'd to smack him in their whole face. Well, the problem is, is they may not have written a bad one, okay? And it may have been just slight. And then the next person took it a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. And then we get some really horrible stuff that you, you read and, and it's it's not a train wreck. It's a thermonuclear explosion. Um, but it it wandered its way through fandom. And then then we had, um, for quite a while, we had the, the um, Rodney is the Sentinel, John is the um, the guide, and Rodney is a fragile Sentinel. Okay? And, yeah. and that was that was something that, that wandered its way um, through fandom for quite a while. Okay? And... You know, there's we've got um, wolf wolf guides because of what Blair is as being the apex group for guides because of Blair, but that's Fanon because we have nothing else to right. go by. We have one guide, and it wasn't even mentioned. Yeah. I mean, only one person ever mentions it, and that's that CIA guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's so many things that it's just it's small little tidbits that get that get used. Yeah. And hmm. Um we have I don't even know where prides came from. You know, that's that's not something they I know about. They come from that about. GDP thing that Susan 
Oh, the, yeah. The GDP. Uh, that thing. Yes. I remember that one. I read it. I was horrified. Repeatedly. I didn't read it. Good idea. I'm, I'm, don't not, sure I'm, a, don't. I'm, not, I, I'm not sure I'm allowed to read it. You're not allowed to read it. I'll put that one out and, and lay down. Don't you even bother. No, 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 no. Okay. Skipping that whole thing altogether. But I think that's the the ultimate end of the the guide needs a, a sentinel to look after them and keep them safe and warm and tuck them in at night because they're useless. Yeah. Um Except they can't be useless. A lot of if they're useless then it doesn't make any sense to me at all. That that never made sense to me. Mhm. It's um I don't think prize were mentioned in the show because sentinels were they solitary. They weren't they 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 formed around a tribe of people who were not mm-hmm. sentinels. And a sentinel pride is full of sentinels and guides. So that has to be pure mm-hmm. pure fanon. It is. Um The the fandom it took some of the ideas that that um, the show dropped as as things. Lee Brackett was the the um, CIA guy. Um, it took the the these little germs of ideas and ran with it. Okay. Um, Prides, prides I can see, you know, um, developing because humanity expands. Okay, we're spirit not, guides. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not in hunter-gatherer tribes that are days away from each other. You know, we're, we're in big, messy, nasty cities. I mean, um you know, it, there's there's too many people piled on top of each other not to have some form of accountability. You know, and having your strongest sentinel, poor guy, um, or girl, being the one to enforce the, you know, thou shalt not, makes sense. It's human nature. You know, um... What is it? A Sentinel and Guide in Victorian London is a good example of that, I thought. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful fic. Oh, done an accomplishment fic. as a writer. That is, um, mm-hmm. that writing is out of this world. Amazing. She had that, you know, that whole scene where the, the thuds were happening? My heart was like, boom, mm-hmm. boom in my chest. I got so excited. During that scene, I was like, oh, God, oh, God, what's happening? <clears throat> so, And when a writer does that to you, it's like, whoa, you know, they they really accomplished something because the, those studs were hitting me in the chest. I mean, they they really were. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> let him be okay, let him be okay. So, yeah, it's that's just yeah. that's just great work. That's that's amazing work when, when you can make um, a, a, a reader have that kind of response. And, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I know I have a link somewhere. Uh, the there will be a link on Slash World at the very least. Um, if you put in there the word Victorian in the search World. box, it's going to pop up. Um, go to the Slash World, yes. put the word in, word in Victorian, and we're going to get a hit because it's the only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, observations on Sentinels and Guides in Victorian London by mm-hmm. uh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to pronounce I think we, that. I don't think we've ever been able to pronounce <coughs> that. And you know what? Um, they've they've done a couple other things since then, but not much. Although I liked Parabellum that they did with the Hobbit fix. Did you read that one? I have not. That one's actually really cool. Because Bilbo's a lot more badass than you expect, but he's um, he's still badass within the strictures of the Shire. Jason Moma as Aquaman. Are they going to get him in a speedo? He was in some kind of scaly outfit. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> Father. I mean, just truth be known, it wasn't it wasn't hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's hot, but the yeah. outfit wasn't working for me. Mhm. Oh. Yeah. The this particular um, story, I think, I think this is the one that got you and I into beautiful and dangerous things. I would, I would say so, yes. Which, by the way, I would, I would, I would totally blame them for that. I, I totally blame you, author. If you're listening, I blame you for that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's an excellent story. It is um, very, very well written. I mean, it is. It it grabs you by the balls from the get go, and it doesn't let go. It is on point the whole time. Fabulousness. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, hello. Them's buns. Okay. Uh, click on the link Cinna put up. I, I I did. Wow. That's pretty plump. That's definitely worth the link. Hmm. Mom asked me if I and why I enjoy listening to podcasts and wanted to know if we talk dirty. So I said, "I'm waiting, Azura. What did you say to your mom? We were going to do interpersonal relationships in the modern world. <laughs> okay, so so That's one Azura way to put it. Liar. Let's l- let's discuss interpersonal relationships in the modern world. Um. Oh, we already were. Okay. That's like totally fandom. Yeah. She said what, and Dad said porn. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh... yeah. You know, I made a mistake I'm... one night. We were in here oh? fussing around, and um. I I I uh 
crowned myself your lady of porn. And because I thought it was amusing, I went over to Facebook and put that on my Facebook page. If one Uh-oh. more creepy man, if one more creepy man sends me a note and says, hey, baby, how are you? I'm going to fucking lose it. Um, yeah. I've gotten three dick pics. Good. Oh! Oh! I know, and it wasn't even good-looking dick pics. And I pointed that out, too. I said, if you're going to send a dick pic, you should at least pick one from a porn site, so I will at least be entertained. Either that or manscape, you know, you know. And dip yourself in a bucket of nair. <laughs> uh huh. You just double dog dare me, Senna? Is that what that is? I thought I've been dared. I think you have been dared. I, 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 think my chil- I think my chilby I think my chilby has has gone and, and dared you. Hmm. Which is uh, too damn late. You did too. I skipped the rum. <laughs> too late. I do love Crown Royal myself. It's it's very lovely. That's not rum, baby. That's if I remember right. That's whiskey. Hmm. She was drinking Crown Royal, wasn't she? She was drinking rum. Who's drinking the Crown Royal? Because someone was. I don't know. You, you big alcoholics. Honestly, I. Everyone of yours, you. cousin Susie, <laughs> may have been drinking the oh. Crown Royal because her oh. her little boy's Ro- father is Bigfoot. Rowan's drinking the Crown. I I knew somebody was. Yeah, I'm drinking coffee. I don't need any alcohol right I'm now. I'm drinking oh. I'm drinking Sierra Mist. So all of you kiss my butt. <clears throat> I was sick. Well, I got. You know, I was I was very sick. Hey. I've had um, the the husband went and got me twelve bottles of mead for Christmas. Eight mm. of which are the regular mead, four of which were, were Chipotle mead, and they're really good. But mead is honey wine, and it's got such a kick. So, Azure, insanity isn't. You know, twinkling to, through the, the the tulips in your family, it hasn't you know gone and and sat down and played poker with your family. Insanity is is cozying up to your family and giving them you know tonsil hockey parents. Good God, woman! Apparently, Susie, the the woman who had the child by Bigfoot, has a brother who likes to make intimate love to a bowling bowling shoe. You see. There's a fetish for everything. Uh, that's a hell of a fetish. I'm really. But you know what? Your... But you know what? Shoe fucking isn't even the worst thing that I can think of. It's not funny. Not the worst thing I can think of either. Thanks. I've got plenty of nightmares. <clears throat> I hope they're new at least. I new bowling shoes. Not used bowling shoes, and that's just gross. Ew. I do hope that, I do hope that he's buying his own bowling shoes. That's my only that that's my only stipulation. He breaks, um, she, she says he breaks into the bowling alley. He's been oh no, times. that's terrible. No, 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 no. 
working his he's working his um Something. yeah, yeah. I'm not putting that link on my summary <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> but you know what <clears throat> we could explore fetishes over boot camp well there's that if I can't think of anything that I would want to read 50 or 60 times. <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> I've heard this before about her cousin. Azor, I'm going to put my foot down and say that no one can make sweet love to a shoe. That's not love. <laughs> it's not love. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's not love. (laughs) I think it was Barbara and I who were at my local Renaissance Fair, and we were listening to one of the performers, and he was doing his thing, and everything was great, and all of a sudden he derailed because we watched two furries walk by, and his brain kind of got stuck in the blue screen of death. (laughs) <laughs> there are some you know, things that, that can, thing. I can I can see and, and not have any kind of reaction to and there are some things I'm like what what no um <laughs> I, I I have a problem with um adult baby kink yeah. I'm I'm with NCSI you know, the episode CSI CSI yes yes I remember I'm with them no and um uh, pony play. I mm. pony play freaks me it out. Does nothing for me. Yeah, Both stars. I had to Google something because I was on Live Journal, and someone so and someone responded with something to say that he was gold star gay, and I had no idea what that meant. I had no fucking clue. I don't think so, I know of course, what, I, what it means. Being, being the inquisitive mind that I am, I look that shit up. And for the record, Gold Star Gay apparently means it's a gay man who's never slept with a woman. Oh. I guess alternatively, a gay woman who's never slept with a man. And I had no idea. Huh. I had no idea. Me either. Okay. Learn, live and learn. Gold Star Gay. You know, there there's a great many things that I think Corin Zor has had to explain to her mother based off of CSI. Yeah. I you remember that whole um snowballing thing? Pardon? Yeah. Snowballing. Oh, you know what I that know what is, right? Is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My my mother. Oh. And I were in we're in a cafe and we're talking and this these two ladies beside us um, that I honestly thought were lesbians um, I don't know for certain 
But um, I made an assumption. Mhm. Anyways, she's chatting with them, and I don't know how this comes up, but all of a sudden, one of because I had my headphones on, okay, I had my headphones on, I was not in this conversation, right? And she taps me on the shoulder and she says, "Honey," and I, I pull my headphones off. And she says, "Honey, would you tell them the difference between belching and snowballing?" I was like, Mama, what the fuck are you talking What? What are you talking about? And she said, I don't remember the difference. I said, well, do they know what felching is? And she says, yeah, I explained that. I said, well, then how do you not know what snowballing is? And she says, I forget what snowballing is. I said, snowballing is what you do after you felt. Uh I said, and um, you share what you felt with the person you felt it from. Uh-huh. Or alternatively, a third person you might have in the room, I, I I suppose. And I get these blank looks. And I was like, Mama, what did you tell them felching was? And she made this face and she says, I don't think we're talking about the same thing, honey. I was talking about knitting. <laughs> I said, Mother, felching is sucking cum out of somebody's ass. I said it really loud, right? <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. There's just no, there's just no, I don't even. <laughs> and the looks I got, the looks I got. And she was like, oh, well, that explains. Never mind, honey. And she handed my headphones back to me. So I put so. I put my fucking headphones back on because I don't even want to be involved in this conversation that, that you're having. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> Mommy, I swing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad your mother doesn't listen to these things. <laughs> it isn't the worst thing she's ever done, but it comes close. Um, and we had had that discussion years ago, and I thought, but apparently, and I asked my sister. I said, "Is there any term in knitting that could be confused with felching?" And she went. I don't fucking think so. <laughs> you could have seen my sister's face. She was like, what? I was like, I'm just asking. Crochet, maybe? Is there anything that could be confused with the word? Not the activity, obviously, but the word. Felting. That's what it is. Felting. F-E-L-T. Oh. Is what, what, what is felting? Uh... Good question. Fuck if I know. Oh, it's 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 a way of of I guess making it smooth. I don't know, puffy. You know, when you felt fabric, it it turns different. It turns out differently. Oh, good anyway, I still have no idea how snowballing. I still have no idea how snowballing entered that equation. Um, maybe they were making the snowballs to go <laughs> the salted fabric. Maybe oh, a little puff God. balls go. I don't know. 
Oh, either that or they were talking about having snowballs, you know, the, the marshmallow nasty-ass treats <sighs> with coconut. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. But it does make me wonder if Mother has been calling felting snowballing in her um in her in her knitting. Oh god. <laughs> because if if that's the case, um that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> She's been calling felting oh. snowballing for I don't even know how long. <laughs> oh god. Oh well, um I have no idea why she thought I would know about knitting. I can't even crochet, much less knit. You do quilt, though. I, I, I do quilt, yes. Yeah, tell them what shit for. I think you've I mentioned quilt. it before. Yeah, I'm actually currently in the middle of a um, a Dutch doll quilt. Hmm. I'm envious. It's at my aunt. It's my aunt. It's, it's at my aunt's. We're um, using um, baby clothes from kids in our family to make the quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm lucky I can sew a reasonably straight seam, and that's about <laughs> as close as I can do. But on a related note, I agree, Viserys. I love hosting snowballs. <laughs> you like coconut? I do. You know, well, I did I a hoping, we, yeah. we did a oh, we did yeah, a king size okay. wedding ring. Um, we did a California king wedding ring last year. It was beautiful. Um, cool for one of my cousins. <clears throat> but um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. yes, I occasionally go to my aunt's house and we sew in a big circle. It's southern. It's what I do. And you know. I think that's one of those places where I would dearly want to put a microphone and a recorder just to get the conversations because, holy Hannah. They're funny and rarely kind. Mm-hmm. What's up, Senna? What do you want to talk about? Oh, my God. They're fucking nasty. How can you eat those things? <laughs> Snowballs? Things in my mouth that might be considered nasty. <laughs> okay, I don't. Just I, my my thing. I my thing with coconut I'm accepting is of it. Besides, I'm I'm not a big fan of the taste of coconut, but it's the texture that that like, gets me more like than anything. I like coconut. I just don't like the snowball. My favorite cake is coconut cake. Coconut um, cake is really good. Oh it's no. Made, right? I t- I take that back. My favorite cake is German chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. It has to have a coconut frosting, though. It has to have a coconut uh, you do. frosting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And and Ew. here's the thing. There's the is that that's dirty. I don't. <laughs> I don't like. Oh, God. Um. <laughs> I don't like the I'm texture sorry, I of, of coconut, and that's just bleh. And Viserys commented that she would eat thinnest snowballs. And that's very generous of you, Viserys. Um, Senna, you should get the Petridge Farm coconut cake 
in the freezer section. It is amazing. I've had it. It's you let, so good. You let it thaw out, and it's so soft. It, it melts in your mouth. It is amazing. I know. That is I the amazing, softest thing I've ever had in my mouth. That's not true. <laughs> softest? Absolutely. It is the amazing, softest thing I've ever had in my mouth. <laughs> I'm okay, sorry, I can't stop you. <laughs> I told you guys I had rum before I came on the air. <laughs> Willow hates hostess know. With, a, with a passion. Hmm. I love I like those, hostess like do- those hostess donuts, the, the, the powdered donuts. I love the powdered donuts. I like the cinnamon Me ones. Too. I don't like the white ones. I don't care how that sounds. No, we don't talk about love, we don't talk about pudding. We don't talk about pudding. No, let's not discuss pudding because I will only remember that video mm. and it'll be bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's not happening. It's too late. It's too late. It's done. It is. <laughs> it, it is. My it's head. too late. Oh, I do you want There's some no butt sex? Back. What? It's, no. It's gone. It's no. Done. It's done. It's there, it's there, it's there. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> no, they aren't. You just, like, pinch the chocolate wax off and eat the chocolate wax. Don't eat the donut because it's always dry and stale and gross. I like um, Dunkin' Donuts. I've had Krispy Kreme because they give me free ones <laughs> when I walk in. You know, I hate to do this to you, but I actually found that particular um, video. No, no, please, no. I'm not watching it. I already did really? it. Really? I already did it. Oh. In the chat room. <laughs> I'm not clicking on it. You can't make me. Uh-huh. Of course we're perving on food, Jilly Bean. Yeah. <gasps> Krispy Kreme is not good. I like I like Timmy Hoes, to be totally honest with you. But you have to call him Timmy Hoes. You you can't call him Tim Horton. That's not their name. They're Timmy Hoes. <laughs> I have been to Tim Hortons once and it was not a great experience. I was not really? thrilled. I was I was not even remotely um half pleased. It, it was bad. I think part of it is that I had a friend that was a manager at Tim Hortons and Mhm. Yeah, I would get fresh honey coolers. So. Yeah, no, I. I like Dunkin' uh, Dunkin' Donuts if I'm gonna eat. Oh, you know, fresh ones, but that's mine. And. But oh, well. there are two kinds of acceptable Oreos, and regular. And then. That's it. Although I was. Mildly tempted by the red velvet ones. I haven't heard anything good about those. Because I love red velvet cake. Oh, red velvet cake is wonderful. (sighs) (sighs) Whatever. You shut your whore mouth, heart. It's it's Saturday. That's me about my Oreos, woman. <laughs> oh God, this is wonderful. Ew. No, golden, golden Oreos, Oreos are are 
inappropriate. They're weird. They're weird. Yuck. They're weird. There's no need to desecrate the holy wafer that way. <laughs> That's right. It's a sandwich cookie. It's not an Oreo. I love you, heart. Even if you did insult my Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> False advertising. <laughs> so, Senna, did you decide what you were going to do for um, Rough Trade in April? Did you make your final decision? Are you going to do what you said we were going to do? Yes, I'm going to do it. Yes. <clears throat> Same here. There, I'm going to do mine as well. If you're going to participate in Rough Trade, you, you have seven days to sign up. Ah, shit. i got to go do that. No, wait. I think I already yeah. did Seven days, people. Here's why I keep you, Jerry. You keep track of me. And next time somebody sees Original Tempest in the chat room, do ask him if he's participating and if he's signed up, because I don't remember. And twice before, he has gotten me after the deadline and wormed his way in. It's not happening this time. You make sure Don't his lie. ass is signed up. I know, oh right? <laughs> Did you see what just what kind of He would be so sad if you told him no. <laughs> he he th- no. There are no banana split Oreos. No, no she put deep fried Oreos. I would eat a Bro. deep fried Oreo before I ate a fucking banana split one. That's just disgusting. Yeah. I don't like bananas anyway. That's disgusting. That's just a, that's a that's a whole new level of terrible, actually. That's blasphemy. Gross. So good. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna fix it, kiddo. Gross, gross, gross. By the way, did you um, speaking of creativity and and you know just glorious co-opting of of things? Um, did you see the post that Marley put up in uh, Minion Headquarters, Kara? The one with what was um, about? well, it's it's got the actor Dylan Neal in a JAG episode. He's in he's oh, very nice yes. baby uniform. Oh, I oh yeah, it's yes. lovely. I have to say that moment when you sign up for a project so and you totally forget what you signed up with, and then you read it, and you're like, "This is the best idea ever." How did I forget that? I have Uh actually wrote something, put it aside, and then had the same idea later, and then went to write it and realized I'd already wrote it. (laughs) Isn't that the one that you handed to me and said, did I write this? Oh. No, that was something separate. I I do have a story on my... (laughs) I do have a story that I have saved in my... um, in, in my writing, it's called Solitude. And while I'm like 99% convinced I wrote it, there is a small part of me that doesn't think I did because I don't remember writing it. But it's in my style and it has my voice and it's on my heart. And I did do a Google search with a whole bunch of different words out of it and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I haven't saved it. And usually when I save a fic from the internet, I put the link with it and the author name. Mm-hmm. And since I didn't, I tend to think it's mine. But I also didn't put any headings on it, which I normally okay. do. Here's my question. Do you think that maybe <clears throat> you wrote it 
when you were on migraine medication, maybe? I think that I probably did write it then, but that's the question. Yeah. Is to make sure. Because I, I would hate to publish it, and it'll I actually not be mine. See, that's, but like you said, you always make sure that you put the links in. And I don't think even if you were on right. migraine medication, if you save the story, that you would forget to put the link. Because and that's normally the I only think if it's complete, and this isn't complete. It's an incomplete yeah, story, see, and I wouldn't save something incomplete. We actually incomplete. discussed this it's one night story. in chat and had you convinced it was yours, actually. Right, I believe right. You know. Yeah, you did. Yeah. But um, it's a story about McKay who's been um, – He's been taken by an alien society, and they're keeping him in um, solitude. And um, John is on Atlantis trying to get him back, and um, they're trying to – and so Rodney is spending all these days by himself, and he refuses to work for these aliens. And eventually, John comes to save him by himself and blows their shit up um, because he's tired of trying to be diplomatic about it. And Rodney builds a signal that calls Todd. Mm-hmm. So, because he said he figured he might owe Todd you know, a meal. You know what that actually reminds me of? Are you sure it's not an AU of that one fix that you wrote where McKay um, blew up that entire hive ship after they rescued John? Because you do write AUs of your that, own work. And that's, oh, um, something, that's the one me and Lady Holder did in... Um, McShet match. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Mhm. It sounds like something. You know. I mean, it was it was an idea that that you know we were perfectly or I was perfectly happy to leave to you to go and and play with and make it bigger. Because I. Oh, but yeah, cause I, do, I remember I, that I story that, that you guys worked on. <laughs> yeah, that was a McShet match. We mm-hmm. we did it I in got comments it somewhere. Mm-hmm. I do too. I saved it. But um yeah, you know, just sometimes when you're sometimes like I'll read through ties that bind, which I know I wrote. And I'll be like, Whoa, really? <laughs> mhm. <laughs> well, I'm I've run into that a couple of times with stories I wrote. Just to give you an idea of, of, of where we, we blend and I don't really notice, um, beautiful and dangerous things, I absolutely am that I wrote. And then there's I don't, that I can't tell which one you wrote or which one I wrote, and I know your areas, you know. Right. And I think it's because sometimes I intrude and um, uh, nope. I kind of reword things here and there. And mm-hmm. so I add things, thing. and sometimes I add a sentence to yours, or I take away a sentence, and I'm, I mm-hmm. move the sentence down. <coughs> so it kind of blends together, <coughs> which is what a cooperative work should do. In the yeah, end product, exactly. people who read it shouldn't be able to tell which one of us wrote which. It should flow I'm, really, really smoothly. Mm-hmm. I can so, safely say that with. With that particular story, I can't tell which of you wrote what part. And I've been reading you guys both for years. I know yeah, I'm not the only person that has been, but it's a fucking awesome story is what it is. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's her turn. <laughs> it's my turn. It's my turn. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mostly because I confiscated the bonding sex scene. 
Mm-hmm. But we aren't at that. We're, we aren't at, at that particular scene. We're, we're um, from where I remember it, we're, we're chasing down somebody. Oh, you're not at the teapot lady. <laughs> the teapot lady is still fucking alive. I'm sorry. I, I had to say her. it just for horror. There was a retcon <laughs> that happened. For the love of God. We it wasn't the teapot lady that you killed. It was her body double, okay? Yeah, yeah. It worked for the, the <laughs> what I had, and then she said no, and she redid it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to this is actually, not um, it. <laughs> this is actually a, a, a really good point that, that I would, um, and I'm not harping on what you did, um, but what I would say is that when you're working with another writer, um, that you have to be careful not to do something that you're not that you haven't planned together, because while mm-hmm. me and her made a joke out of it because it was funny, um, and did what I wanted and it was fine. But I have seen situations where something like that happened between two writers, and it destroyed their writer partnership. So when you're going into a project writing with another writer, pay attention and follow the plan. Because if you deviate from the plan and say you kill something or kill somebody that wasn't planned to be killed, and while it was funny between the two of us, it could be catastrophic between two other people. So just just as... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've seen writer partnerships fall apart and destroy friendships mm-hmm. and marriages, and I mean, you know, yeah. So just be careful. So, but yeah, writing that's just is like really personal. Serious, so really sharing cool. that with someone else is not always uh-huh. easy. It's no, like between have... the two of us with yeah. this, this between the two of us and the whole um, the tea lady. You know, I I put in um, I put it in. I, it was a nice little scene. It actually was. And you decided that no, this was this was going to be our basically our comic release throughout the whole thing, and we needed it. And it's like okay, you know, I I had no problems with it. I don't want to click that link. Um, I had no problems don't going with that. Don't do it. I don't know what it is, but don't do it. <laughs> if, if Azure is having problems with the link, I already know I don't want to follow the link. Nope, nope. Um, she whimpers, I run. Yeah. That's a rule number two. Yeah. Rule number one, don't drink or sure eat during can. chat. And number two, if Azure can't handle it, the rest of us need to back away. Back away. Run. Run away. But yeah, well, that's also something to talk about, comic relief. In a, when you're dealing with a story that has a really heavy subject, <laughs> subject matter, like serial murder, um, it's important to inject lightness and some small amount of comedy in the situations where where you can to kind of lighten the load for the reader. Really, Mom? You clicked it. And like when I wrote you knew you The shouldn't. Awakening, mm-hmm. The Awakening is terrible. I mean, it, it, it's got this terrible, terrible dark theme all through it. And so I had to lighten it, and I lightened it with Blair and his um, mm-hmm. his his gentle his baby guy. but 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 sure fall in love with Jim because mm-hmm. throughout this entire story, while all these terrible things are happening, um, Jim is is moving through his life as a cop, and and Blair is is, is falling in love with him. So there's like this 
Blair moving through oh. Jim's life and changing things and moving things around and making himself at home and he's nesting. And that's my way of, in the awakening, of kind of blunting the terror that's happening outside of their relationship. Polar bear, the kids, the so the cute. pride that's forming around them. Right, just mm-hmm. all these little things um, kind of give you light well, away the, from the darkness. Yeah, part of it, part of the other light in the darkness, if you will, with with beautiful is well, it's not so much light in the darkness as more. I'm going to fry your dumbass if you keep doing this. Is how how John is reacting to all the shit that goes on around Sherlock. Right. You know, because, you know, their life is not just, you know, this one case. It's everything else. It's Lestrade dealing with a high-level guide who is, for all intents and purposes, a sniper, all right, Um, and is sitting there looking at, at this very unassuming gentleman who looks remarkably average, very English, and very, hello, and, <laughs> you know. I love how you say You know, he, 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 th- he thought Sherlock was dangerous. No, Sherlock is, is, Sherlock is sweetness and light and everything nice compared to Sherlock yeah, John Watson. Kitten compared to Watson. John just hides yes. it better. Oh, Don hides lots of things behind those jumpers. I think also (laughs) is that everyone's having to adjust to the fact that Sherlock has a buffer. And that Sherlock now has someone who will stand in front of him and say, you know what, actually, we're not going to do this, and I can't believe you were going to ask him to do this. Are you out of Mm -hmm. your fucking mind? And you're not going to talk to him that way. And you're not going to do this. And actually, Mycroft, you don't get an opinion about our relationship. So Mm -hmm. all these things are coming out of John, whether he's saying them or not. And so everyone's having to adjust to before they were trying to manage Sherlock. Now they have someone who manages Sherlock, but not in the way they would want. I'm going to break the card. And they can do nothing about it. Incredibly curious about this. Okay. Have you guys had John address um, the Bobby's calling Sherlock a freak yet? Uh, I yes. usually don't ask, but I have to know. That that comes up. Okay. Yeah, it does come up. It, it does come up. Um, some because of, some that of always upset me just watching the show. Yeah. Some of the other things that come up, um, Anderson's attitude uh, comes up a couple current. times. He he's yeah he's he's definitely something. Um, there's um, Mycroft's attitude gets gets adjusted, uh, and the. The thing is, is John doesn't have to reach for everything he is. Um, now, what what's going to happen later in time? I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll have to write write to that scene. But there's a lot of buildup for hints as to what John is. Okay, 
And, you know, we, the discussion of, of spirit animals, that one was an interesting discussion because, you know, it does affect how we see the sentinel and the guide. You know, and so, um, did we ever, did we ever put out what they were? At least what Sherlock's was? Um, no, I don't think so. No, you guys haven't said what their uh, their spirit animals are. No. Well, John's Trust me, I've been, like, rapidly following that. But <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't revealed yeah. in the excerpt I put up. You've written no, it that. wasn't. It's not in the excerpt that I put up. No, I was very sure careful was. about the excerpts I put up for that for that for that because there are um, <clears throat> like well, for instance, I cut five thousand words out of the Spartan um, mm-hmm. excerpt I put up. I took out close mm-hmm. to ten thousand words on that Jenny's a bad wheezy one, mostly because yeah, it was a bad wheezy. word limit. She's a bad wheezy. Um, She's a bad everything. She's definitely not a, uh, one of the people who we want around, though. Um, She's a cocktail going to your cut. <laughs> I'll tell you something that writing with a partner is um, is difficult for me. I um, I'm very selfish with my work, and I'm very um, um, I I hold it very tight. A lot of times Lady Holder won't see something that I've been working on until it's in what may be the second or third draft that I've, mm-hmm. you know, that I've spent like 15, 20 hours on it before she ever sees it. So to have to share with her um, what I'm sharing with her is is a very different experience for me. And I guess I kind of recommend it that you that 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 you do this with somebody because it kind of opens you up as a writer and it teaches you about yourself, even if the teaching isn't always um, pleasant. And sometimes you're you're, you're too that you murdered. Uh, I actually know I would not ask that for a challenge because I don't want to be responsible for all the arguments and fights that might happen. Yeah. Well, okay. It's really personal, so the, the last thing I want to do is actually introduce something that could create hostility in um, in our community, and, and we are a community and um, kind of a big mm-hmm. online family. And writing together can create, like I said, you know, me and Lady Holder laughed that off, and it was like we we moved on from it. And I explained why I wanted to keep it, and she said okay, and when we moved on. And but there are other writers that it, that it would have been a complete nuclear. Oh, it, the, you know the meltdown, the meltdown. Oh, yeah, that would have been bad. The one of the one of the things that we found with this is, um, and by the way, this actually came about because of a, a bit of a dare. She said something, I typed something out, I handed it to her and said, see, this is what I did. And she went, okay, and I hear clickety-clickety-click, and it is back in my email. And (laughs) it was like, okay. And 
off it went again, and we backed and forth this thing a lot. And, you know, it, it's um, – we're getting to to where the action is going to be getting a lot more intense. And now we have to figure out how things are going to work. You know, and where but we're going to – I do think to, that – I mean – if you yeah. can do it, I recommend it. But if you feel like you can't do it, don't try. Especially don't try with somebody you care about because it could really fuck your friendship up. I've seen it happen a lot. I've seen writers who write very well together um, get their relationship as writers destroyed because of friendship issues. Um, and vice versa. I've I've, met, I've, I've had friends who wanted to write together, tried to write together, couldn't, and it ruined everything. You know, so it also, this is probably something else too, is like when you're, um, like writing in fan fiction is different, but when you're writing professionally and there's money involved and you feel like you're pulling 75% of the weight but you're only getting 50% of the cut, that kind of resentment can build hard and fast hard and fast and um it can get really ugly so Mm -hmm. just be careful just be careful yeah i don't think i could do it on a professional level not with situations like that because i have issues i think writing in a maybe in an anthology maybe but not like on the same story yeah exactly kira and i get lucky in how in that we're we're I guess, you know, thankfully, being friends, um, I can write with her, but part of it is not, we're we're not in the same document at the same time trying to write, which would just completely and utterly throw us off. You've got a buffer. Oh, yes. And I don't care if she corrects my comma. Mm Mm-mm. You know, and and that's that's my level of OCDness, where I go in and I rip out every single one of the times she hits the space bar as she's thinking. I do it a lot. She puts it. I I have this twitch where I and you know I have this twitch, and a lot of times I will do a search through a document, like one of those mass replace searches, and do a double space search, and I'll I'll remove like a hundred double spaces because when I'm thinking or when I pause. Sometimes my thumb will hit the space bar regardless. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. your brain inadvertently taps out a rhythm because most of the time when you're thinking that's what happens, it reverts to something right. small that you can think of, and it causes ticks. I guess is what you could call it. I don't know. I'll be totally honest. Um, when I got the track changes from you, there were a lot of them as far as, like, storyline advice, things like that, making sure that I was keeping it in with the world. But mm-hmm. when I got it back from mom, it was mostly commas. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's there were, were lots of comma fixes. <laughs> and I didn't even I didn't even bother to look and see if they were right. I was I would I just went right. except all. Because <laughs> I knew sure, okay. I knew <laughs> Commas and I are not friends. <laughs> 
But no, you know, actually, I think it's important that you have two kinds of betas like that. One that will say, okay, this this works, but I don't particularly like this. I think this might work better this way. Are you sure you want to do this? And then you have someone go behind you and go, you know what? Actually, you can't use a comma here. Yeah. <laughs> this just isn't how. This is not how this works. <laughs> because and, well, these but, two different points of view give you a more rounded experience in yes. in beta. <laughs> Fun, it definitely made a huge was, difference in my my writing just from that one experience. Like, I've mm-hmm. started paying attention a lot more and going through and rereading. And I do, because Mom suggested that I try and do, you know, like I read the sentence out loud as I'm writing it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it works and sometimes it doesn't because I don't, I don't always pause where people typically would when they're speaking. But for the most mm-hmm. part, it has helped a lot. The The thing with that is... You know, I know where my pauses are. I know where my yeah. emphasis are. And so that, that changes how um, things work. I mean, Kira puts everything in different spots than I do, you know. So, um, and and Chris and I both, I mean, we, we've, I've gone back and done a beta on top of Chris's beta on the same document. And I tend to leave her stuff alone because I tend, I, I tend to agree with it. Occasionally I'll disagree and you know, so there'll be this whole separate little, you know, comment that this is what pen. I think it should be. <laughs> so there's a war over the red pen. I don't know how I feel about yeah. that. I'll be like, yeah. delete, delete. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey got, we're on a 60 seconds. Got, yeah. 60 seconds. Okay, you guys have a great weekend. I want to thank everybody for being in the chat room and listening to us ramble and, um, be creative and don't give a shit what anybody thinks. And you can borrow my characters. You can borrow my plots. And if anybody has anything to say don't. about it, come to me. Don't come to the writer. Thank you. Yes. And no oh, ask hey, mouth. Remember, guys, no ask the mouth. <laughs> and no ask the exactly. no, Yeah, remember, ask, 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 ask is fine. Ask anything else, not so much. Think, <laughs> think before you repark. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 Thank you.